the show you're listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network I'm in Phoenix living like it matters what matters to me well this is the first time I've been able to say this since I think about 2005 the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl <laughs> that's what matters to me and I uh, get a chance after all these years of, of traveling and, and hosting handle your business there at the Super Bowl uh, we're going to chance have a chance to uh uh, talk about the Philadelphia Eagles once we arrive and even even today. So uh, today is also a special day uh, for me. Um, I got a heavy heart because the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be playing the Super Bowl. One of my, I lost one of my dear friends. Lost one of my dear friends. A uh, longtime uh, Eagle friend of mine. Um, just a good man, good man. Uh, Wayne Benton uh, was my friend's name. And I want to say his name because I'm dedicating this show to Wayne. Uh, as I'm preparing to go to the Super Bowl, I was hoping to watch the uh, NFC Championship game with Wayne, but he was uh, he was called to heaven and didn't get a chance to watch the game with him. But uh, he he probably had the I know he had the best seat in the house. He saw it. So, um, but got another good friend who's going to be uh, calling in and uh, out of Philadelphia. You guys who listen to the show, you're, you're familiar with Keith. Keith is going to call in. And, uh, of course, uh, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, uh, uh, my um, co-host from time to time, uh, just about every week, certainly this year, uh, Willie Gibson will be calling in, too, and uh, we will be uh, discussing what's going on. So I know unless something happened and you were not part of the universe, uh, you know that the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots will be playing in this year's Super Bowl. Of course, in the Twin Cities and uh, the Minnesota Vikings were, were hoping that they had a chance to do something nobody's ever done, and that is to uh, host a Super Bowl in their hometown. And they, uh, I want to say they came close for about uh, a couple minutes of the first quarter. And then after that, um, that was it, man. It, the game was over. That's all she wrote. So um, hopefully... Uh, We'll have the guys there, and uh, we'll get a chance to, to chat about that. Uh, is Willie Willis? Yes, sir. I'm here, right? Okay. All right, man. I'm glad you joined me, Willie. You know I was excited, man. Looking forward to this show. I think I told you a little bit uh, earlier, probably last week for sure, I mentioned the fact that I was feeling comfortable. Of course, I wasn't going to pick nobody else. Not last week, of course. Right. Um, okay, who was playing the Eagles? I probably was going to pick the Eagles, but uh, listen— this ain't just, uh, I, I just closed out the show with, with Hurley Brown, and, and Hurley said it was my heart. Uh, no, it was, it's my head, football. I, I'm looking at football, and I'm making football judgments um, based upon what I'm seeing on performance on the field. And Philadelphia Eagles, man, they, they got defensive linemen that look like sprinters out there. And, uh, and they, there's, there's a consistent effort. They, they uh, had a press conference with the new coach here in Arizona today, and, uh, you know, he talked about he wanted to see some effort out of his players, you know. And that certainly uh, was demonstrated by the Philadelphia Eagles. But uh, prior to the Eagles, let's just get it, let's get it going right away and jump right into it. Uh, okay, so uh, let's first, uh, Willie, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the first game that was on. And mm -hmm. uh, 
got our good friend Keith. I think Keith is with us too. So Keith, you hold on yeah. there for a second because we're going to certainly want to get a couple comments from you as well. But uh, that first game that, uh, of course, it was the uh, Patriots who, who did their thing. It really was, was no game for uh, the Patriots in a lot of people's minds because they felt, because they they such Patriots fans, they knew that if it was one second left on the clock, and the Patriots were down by anything less than seven points, that Tom Brady was going to find a way to pull it off. And so really the game was over before it started for a lot of Patriots fans, although it was, it was, it was dramatic. And, uh, but what did you feel about that game, Willie? And I agree. I mean, I thought Jacksonville, Jacksonville played well, but um, a lot of people don't uh, subscribe to this, this notion of playoff experience, but I think it showed itself in the fourth quarter of that game where – uh, there were some plays, some questionable calls, some questionable uh, uh, play selection by Jacksonville. More, most importantly, that third and 18, where they pretty much stayed back in the base defense. And, uh, I mean, you know better than I, but I'm looking at that like, why would you not, with the type of defense that you have, put some type of pressure on Tom Brady? You pretty much let him sit back there and pick you apart and got a 22-yard gain on third and 18. So... Some other uh, plays such as that, but, I mean, what can you say? I mean, Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and he did what he does on a regular basis on Sunday in the fourth quarter. So. Well, I would say from, from, from my experience, I, if I had to point out a play, you know, what, what was what was a turn, turning point of the game or something of that nature, uh, but I think it was the most telling play of the entire game was yeah. the play before halftime. And I, mm. I, that's when Jacksonville lost because uh, there was two plays. They had the ball with, I think, 30-something seconds left in the game. 50. 50-something seconds left before halftime, and they took a knee. That mm-hmm. tells me you're going to be satisfied that you got a four-point lead at over New England Patriots and Tom Brady, and you're willing to go into the locker room like that. The game, the game is not over at halftime. You still got another half to play, and that – half is when you need more points a lot more points than what Tom Brady has on the board so you better stockpile as many points as you can didn't you just see a Super Bowl last year where somebody went in and probably had a 20 or a 30 point lead on them and you got four points and you're not trying to get some more points Come not on, only that there was a play also where they took a timeout they come out of timeout I think it was third and seven and they got a penalty and- and it, it was a delay, delay game. Delay they had the first down. That's 12, exactly right. They had a 12-yard pass play mm. to keep the chains moving, and they had to delay a game after a timeout. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that right there, that, that's on the quarterback. He's got to see the clock. Clock's, uh, you know, clock's in front of him all the time, you know, straight ahead. All you got to do is see, look at that clock. And uh, then when you see him trying to clap his hands and kick his feet and, you know, and screaming so that the guard will, 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 will you know, hit the center on his butt, get the ball out. You didn't see any of that kind of panic right there. And then not only that, though, on the sidelines, the coaches can call timeout now on the sidelines. So the coaches, too, fell asleep on that play. And, again, that's just, you know, I I talked about it before, you know. Every now and then when you play these games, you know, they they talk about how, you know, the butthole gets tight. (laughs) You can't get tight when, you know, these kind of games, man. You 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 can't even make a mistake. You know, there need to be uh, very few penalties of which – Mm, I guess the Jaguars didn't talk about that uh, because they had close to 100 yards in penalties, I believe. And, right. uh, you know, and then there's always, you know, those theorists out there that believe that, of course, the refs was rooting for the Patriots. So, you know, they did all that. But, uh, no, I just didn't. Um, the Jacksonville probably played well enough to beat anybody other than the Patriots that day. 
But on that day, you got to play your best game against, you know, who you're playing against. And um, I wouldn't, I, you know, one thing about the Patriots is that you just, you just can't ever count, count them out. I don't care what, it, what the score is. If there's still some time on the clock, you just really yeah. can't count them out. Now, one thing I will say, um, now, by no means am, am I saying this is the reason, but I find it tremendously hard to understand how a team can play an AFC championship game and only have one penalty, and that was on a kickoff return. Well, I, I saw I, several I, plays where Tom Brady was in the pocket, and I saw one particular where the, the uh, defensive uh, tackle was uh, held up around his neck, almost in the sleeper hold. To, to, to take it back to a wrestling move and no flag was thrown. Yeah, I, I, I can tell you um, this. You, you, you're you're on the money, Will. You, you're on the money, man. You're on the money. You, you really can call holding just about on every play. Mm-hmm. You really can call holding just about on every play. And and so the fact that there was holding by an offensive lineman, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, but the fact that it wasn't called, particularly in the AFC Championship games because there's so much on the line, you don't want the referees to, you know, take the game away but at the same time you wanted to be fair and mm-hmm. if it was something that was blatant I didn't I didn't I didn't see that I, I saw a couple of them where it could be holding on both both sides of the ball but the fact that one team has got like what 100 yards in penalties and the other team's got like 15 that's you know that's a little questionable but again that's something you practice you know in practice in college and in pros every day you got referees in practice so they, yep. they they letting you know that holding you know hold, now you can't you can you don't get away with that holding holding, so you know people that you practice these habits and if you practice bad habits, that's you're gonna play the way you practice and if you practice in bad habits in practice, and I'd be curious that to know, you know throughout the week very seldom you ever hear guys you know talking like we're talking now talking about in practice you know how many holding penalties you know the tackle had or the guard had or the center had, you don't hear about that but. That's an aspect that's very important to the game because it could affect the outcome of the game. And the referees can't be afraid to throw those flags just because they're playoff games. Right. You know, everybody wants to say these are just regular games. Now, how do you feel? How, how do you feel about that, Willie? Do you look at everybody say, you know, approaches? Hey, man, it's just a game. You know, we just got to play like every other game. Do you feel that way? You know what? Um, I don't. I have a great friend of mine, actually, uh, former uh, Buckeye as well, NFL wide receiver Roy Hall. And he talks about that where it's the Michigan game. When everyone talks about you got to get up for Michigan, you got to play up for Michigan, you got to take it to the next level. And he's like, no, you should be playing at your optimum level the entire season. Why why store it up for this one game? But um, I've always you know, thought that there's always something extra you can bring to the table. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. You you have to take it, I believe, to the next level and uh, with, uh, with the shot – to the Super Bowl on the line. And I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you that it, it, it's not just uh, a normal game. I think I talked about it a little bit maybe last week. But certainly, if you want to get better every week, then you can't play the same way you played last week. You're trying to get better. You're trying to get better every day. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're trying to get better than you were the day before and certainly the game before. You put another week into getting better. So uh, let's just hear a little bit from Keith uh, because I know he was tuning in because he wanted to know who his Eagles were going to play even before the Eagles had played because I knew who he knew was going to be on that game. And so, uh, so let me ask you a little bit, Keith, um, watching the Patriots play the game, man, I mean, going in, I'm sure you had the Patriots, you knew who that was going to be, who the Eagles were going to play because I know you already knew the Eagles were going to make it. Am I right? 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it was just a matter of there's three teams on the table going into Sunday morning. Uh, can the Eagles beat those three? The answer basically is yes, because we're already thinking the Super Bowl. Yeah, but we didn't. Well, one thing we didn't do, Keith, un- unlike some of those guys in Pittsburgh who automatically thought they were going to be playing uh, the Patriots, uh, you know, uh, w- you know, in their AFC Championship game. We didn't talk about it before the game about playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl. We were focused on our opponent, and it seemed exactly like that. Right. I mean, Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Jags game is kind of what put the Jags on the map. You see, um, Pittsburgh was running hot. You're looking for the rematch between Pittsburgh and the Patriots, but the Jags came out running. Fournette and Yeldon, uh, their ground game was solid. I mean, it was much more impressive uh, than we had seen before. And I say we mean East Coast because we don't see a whole lot of the Jags. Um, but they they were very impressive, and they put together a very formidable game against the Patriots. The problem is, and as your friend is saying, one thing is, it's the Patriots in the playoffs. And they just have that mentality that it's their playoff. And the second thing is, anytime, anytime a team goes to a zone, they're dead meat. So Brady will pick it apart. So Keith, let me ask you something. So what did you think about before halftime, uh, where they took a knee instead of trying to take the ball down the field and at least get three points? Um, the key thing was was going to be can New England do something within that two minutes to give themselves a spark, and they did. And, now, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Keith. Let me let me go back and reference the point exactly. Okay. Where I'm, t- I'm talking about just before halftime, the Jags had the ball and they took mm-hmm. a knee with fifty some minutes, fifty seconds, seconds on the clock, where right. they could have marched down the field, perhaps maybe got in at least attempt a field goal. So that no, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the Patriots did something, and the Jags didn't. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. The Patriots all had already scored. That's exactly right. The Patriots yeah, had already they put some points on the board. Every single second on that clock, whereas the Jags just said, "Okay, let's regroup." Do you do you do you think that the Jaguars actually felt that they had a four point lead? So let's protect that four point lead. Take it into the, into the locker room and come out. And if nothing else, we got four point lead. We could beat them. At this particular time, if we just don't let them score anymore, and they felt confident enough that they weren't going to let Tom Brady score again, that had to be what they were thinking because they didn't try to get any points. Yeah. Well, they, well, they're getting the ball in the second half, and they're thinking they can pick it up then, but you can't do that. You can't do that against that team. So uh, you, can't give them, you can't give them any edge at all. So was it a, a foregone conclusion that uh, it was going to be the Patriots in the Super Bowl regardless of the Eagles um, or, or or the Vikings that won that game is is that what the feeling was in Philadelphia there, Keith? Um, here in Philly, I mean, the stars are aligned. I mean, there's there's no way that the way this team has played this year as a team uh, that they weren't going to be up there in Minnesota. And at this point, it's it's a very good feeling that it's going to be different. Okay. It's going to be a whole different game. All right. Hey, listen, guys, we've got to take a break. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We'll take a break. I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. 
Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So you're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. What matters to me, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. And uh, it matters to me. A shout out to my friend up in heaven. Wayne Benton will probably be watching the game with the best seat in the house. And uh, Wayne, of course, a uh, Great friend of mine, longtime Eagles fan from Philadelphia, lived out here with me in, uh, in Arizona, and I was uh, hoping to watch the game with him last Sunday, but um, uh, he was called to a better place uh, prior to us getting a chance to watch the game. So, uh, with that being said, let me get back to, hey guys, okay, so I got um, uh, Willie and Keith on with me now, and so... Um, let me ask you, Willie, and, and from, from your perspective, uh, how, how do you think the Patriots, obviously, we just talked about a little bit about how the Jags lost that game. How, how did the Patriots win that game in, 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 from your point of view? How did the Patriots win that game? Well, I think they just stuck to the game plan. I mean, they uh, a lot has been made and, and said about how they just give respect to their opponent. They just work hard. But you look at the product on Sunday or on game day and it's a lot of cre- a lot of truth to that they just stuck to the game plan I mean case in point he keep going back to 28 to 3 uh, deficit last year in, in the Super Bowl they kept doing what they do and they won the game in overtime 34 28 so when Jacksonville got out 2010 in the fourth quarter um, I don't think there was panic I think it was just Tom Brady saying okay let's go do what we do and at a certain point I think the mystique and, and a lot of said of playoff experience doesn't matter. You know, this game is is in and of itself a, a, a unique experience. But I'm quite sure as Tom Brady marched down the field, somebody on the Jacksonville sideline thought about 28 to three, thought about uh, the Super Bowl before that when they were down 10 in the fourth quarter to Seattle. And uh oh, this could be happening again. I mean, it's, it's only natural that your mind begins to think like that. I mean, but. At a certain point, I mean, you just have to give the Patriots credit. They stuck to the game plan and did what they do. 
Keith, in, in your opinion, what do you think uh, was uh, the magical moments for the Patriots that allowed them to, to win the game? As I said, we already talked about how, of course, the Jaguars lost a game. But what, what was it that the Patriots were able to do that you think was key to them winning that game? I think that the the Patriots have a have enough players that they can spread the wealth. And, and Brady has the experience to know who to go to and when to go. Uh, like I said, as soon as any team goes to a zone on defense at any point, it's a death knell. And the Jags, for whatever reason, just like last year with the Falcons, the minute they went to a zone, it changed the ball game. And there's consistency with the Patriots to get that one opening, and now they've got consistency and momentum. It's over. Yeah, as I was watching, I think a couple things stuck out to me is uh, I, I think that the defense went in and made some halftime adjustments. There's no doubt that the defense was much more aggressive when they came back in the second half. Uh, another thing to me uh, that, you know, Tom Brady, for whatever reasons, with the exception of Gronk, I'm going to say Gronk is probably the best tight end in football. Uh, and he, uh, of course, was eliminated from the game, took a, a major hit to the head. Uh, to me, a good football play, but I don't like them, you know, those. I, I love those kind of hits, but I hate what the end results are. I, I just, you know, that that's the way I was taught to play football. You know, you got to hit him in the face, you know. Right. and uh, but, but you can't play football like that no more. But that, to a lot of people, I'm sure, as we were watching the game and thinking that, you know, the Patriots had to, you know, do something to come back, that Gronk was going to be it, you know. But, uh, of course, he used other receivers and... Uh, I did an excellent job, but I really think that the coordinator, defensive coordinator turned the heat up for the second half, and there was a lot more pressure on Blake Bortles, of which, uh, you know, didn't look bad. I, th I can't say that he lost the game, as a matter of fact, with the exception of the last play of the game, of which he just needed to put a little bit more on that ball, and it should have been out in front of the receiver. You know, uh, obviously the uh, defensive back for the Patriots had uh, an outstanding vertical to get up and knock it down, but if it had been thrown a little bit further, just a little bit, inches, this game is won by one and lost by inches. Uh, it might have made a might have made a big big difference. So, um, but but you know, Jags put on a good. I think it was worth the money. I mean, I know the, the ratings have been down earlier in the season, but this playoff, man, I can't believe that. Every TV wasn't tuned in, as I said, unless, you know, uh, you're not on this universe. You, you knew what was going on, and uh, if you tuned in, it, it kept your attention the entire, the entire time, you know. And in particular, the Jacksonville Jaguars game and the Patriots because the Jaguars were ahead, and everybody just knew, okay, we got to witness how, how is Tom going to bring the boys back because they're going to come back because, you know, a lot of people thought they were going to uh, win the game, and they did. As a matter of fact, uh, Willie, I'm sure you probably know, what were they – did the Patriots cover? What were they favored by? You know, I, th I believe they did not. Let me, mm. let me look at that real quick. I don't it, know that. They probably had them. Boy, I'm sure at home they had at least six points, seven points, so they would not have covered. You're probably right about that. Right. So, um, so that I mean, to me, man, that was that, that obviously it was worth the, the price of admission for a ticket if you had it. Certainly it was worth your time to sit down in front of the TV and watch it. Uh, congratulations to the Jags. Now, um, you know, I heard a couple things today, saw a couple things. They talking about, you know, Blake Burroughs and what, what his future is. I, I really didn't see, I didn't, I, from the time I've been watching him, 
you know, I don't see what the problem is about his ability to quarterback. He seemed to handle the team quite well. Um, but uh, perhaps maybe I, I missed a few games earlier in the year or last year. But from what I saw, certainly throughout the playoffs, you know, there should be no conversation about what Blake Burrow's uh, future is in terms of with the Jaguars or not. No, not at all. Do, do you, what do you think, uh, Keith? Do you think they should be trying to move Bortles from down there in Jacksonville? Um, no, I, th- I think that whatever his issues were early on, and I think it was inconsistency. Like I said, we don't see him that often. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I've seen of him in the playoffs it was a very consistent product. And one that, I mean, his play, I think, helps instill confidence in the other players around him. Um, I think he's a solid piece if he can continue during the regular season. What we saw in the playoffs, um, yeah. Okay, well, let, let's just change and move the conversation to uh, something of which I know is important to uh, Keith. And uh, first of all, I just want to say, Keith, is, is the city still in one piece? <laughs> yeah, we are. I, under, yeah, we... I understand there's a little excitement there, a little ruckus going on, but uh, that is nothing compared to what's going to happen, you know, once the fellas win and come home. That You know, so what they've experienced so far, that's just that's like the tremor. Um that comes before, you know, the big one. So, um, oh, yeah. that was a trimmer. But, uh, so let's talk a little about, about the Eagles and the, and, the, and the Vikings. Keith, first of all, uh, in terms of expectations, in terms of the level of competition in the game, uh, did, did, did it play out the way you anticipated going in? I mean, it was, we certainly won the game. First of all, we weren't expected to win the game. So we certainly won it by a, lo- a greater margin than anybody expected. Uh, but did you really expect a blowout like what we saw? I didn't expect a blowout like I saw. Um, I usually go into the playoffs each weekend thinking in the, of the games that they're going to be playing, one set of games is going to be tight and one set of games is going to be lopsided. I didn't expect um, it to be lopsided in the way that it was. I don't think anybody did. Nobody who was at the stadium, nobody that I've talked to, nobody in our sports uh, community expected it to be the way it was. And it wasn't like Minnesota quit. They just playing got outplayed in, in every facet of the game after the first drive. And the first drive they had was very impressive. I mean, they came down the field. They did everything methodically. They were up 7 nothing. Uh, it, of course, put the Eagles on notice that they were in a game. Um, they came back with a pick six. Uh, so they're up by a touchdown. They're back in the game with a defensive touchdown. Now it's what can the offensive team do? And the offense just put together a game plan and they executed, and it was over before you know it. Um, the defense is solid, and I think they're going to continue to be solid. But the offense under Nick Foles, they got into a rhythm. They got some confidence, and they just pulled out all stops. And it was over before you know it. It just snowballed. So, so Willie, going into the game, uh, help me remember. You know, I've been hitting my head a couple of times. Were you under the impression that the Eagles were going to win the game, or were you one of those folks that had them as a dog at home? No, I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've I definitely picked win. Minnesota coming out yeah. of the last week uh, because, I, honestly, it was more so of a historical reference just to see the first team to ever play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. So, but that being said, Minnesota's so got, playing extremely well so all yeah. season long. I mean, who they came out of nowhere. Case Keenum uh, came in, I believe, in week two or week three, rather, and uh, 
has played phenomenally. So to see him and to see the rest of that team, uh, Mike Zimmer's defense uh, was playing extremely well. I just thought, you know, and then the the emotional factor, how they would respond after the Minnesota miracle uh, that the uh, Stefan Diggs touchdown uh, walk off style to to win against the uh, the Saints. I thought they had enough momentum carrying into Philadelphia, even though Philadelphia uh, number one seed at home. I thought Minnesota had enough to to uh, to to finish the job. All right. Well, you'll get my response on the other side. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like a man. I've got my co-host with me, Willie Gibson, and my friend from Philadelphia, Keith. And we'll be right back after these messages. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Who do you feel the most important person is on a sports team? Is it the captain, the star player, or the fan? While it could truly be any of these individuals, more often than not, it's the coach. Listen for A Coach's Spirit with hosts Blake Rockwell and Kendall Allen. A Coach's Spirit offers a look into the human side of coaching and a chance to learn from some of the most impactful leaders in the game. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you're looking for more information on firearms and the shooting sports, check out Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Kelly is the owner of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks with over 40 years of experience. Now he's ready to share some industry luminaries and their perspectives with you. If you're interested in firearms, whether it be for shooting, for fun, competition, hunting, or self-defense, Kelly is here to share his wisdom and experience. Listen live for Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan, Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, the Philadelphia Eagles and myself and my man Willie Gibson are going to the Super Bowl. And uh, we hope we Philadelphia Eagle fans, because you know, after being a player, you become a fan, uh, to bring back that Lombardi Trophy to the city of brotherly love. Well, bring it back, it never was there, but certainly to bring it there. And if it goes there, I'm going to go with it. So uh, I appreciate everybody. And then also what's on my heart is uh, uh, my friend, Wayne Benton, um, dedicated Eagles fan from Philadelphia, lived out here, um, just em- embraced me. We became uh, best friends out here and I was hoping to watch the game with him. And um, that was, you know, his desire to, to see the Philadelphia Eagles 
win the championship and go to the Super Bowl. And of course, I was going to have him as a guest with me to go, but um, God called him home. Jesus called him home, and uh, he's celebrating up there now. He's going to watch the Eagles win the Super Bowl with the best seat in the house. So, with that being said, let, let me talk a little bit more football. Now, you, uh, I appreciate the perspective that you 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 guys certainly uh, uh, have. And now, what I want to do now is I, I, I want to switch it a little bit and let's talk about you know who's going to win this game hopefully well no let's not even do that because we're going to do that next week because we still got another week you know another week to talk about uh the game and i don't want you guys to make your predictions just quite as of yet so i'm gonna let you guys hold off on that um so but one thing that we already know the eagles are already underdogs going into the game but uh this this game these two teams that are here um, and I'm going to start with, with, with you, Willie. Um, these two teams that are here, when the playoffs started, did you think these would be the two teams that would be going to the Super Bowl? When the, not when the season started, but when the playoffs started. Are these the two that you thought might be the two in the Super Bowl? No, no. I thought Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Okay, that's a good one. That, that's a good one. And uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, there's a lot of other people thought that because again, uh, some people thought Minnesota was going to beat the Eagles, and 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 people thought that Pittsburgh kind of fumbled the ball that they certainly should have went further than what they did. So uh, that's okay. Uh, Keith, let me ask you: uh, When the playoffs started, not the beginning of the season, but when the playoffs started, uh, what did you think the, the Super Bowl would look like? Did you think it was these two teams, or did you think it was another game? No, I actually thought it was going to be an all-Pennsylvania Super Bowl in Minnesota. I actually thought Philadelphia and Pittsburgh were going to be playing up up north. Keith, you know what? i I, I got to say something to you, man. That's exactly the way I had it. I thought it was going to be a Pennsylvania Super Bowl, and I thought it was going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles, and the first time that something like that would have ever happened, I, I, I believe. I don't think the Jets and the Giants have ever played. You know, I don't think the... You know that the uh, the Dolphins and they don't have well the Dolphins and um, um, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, you know that, that's never happened. So uh, yeah. that, I, I, I'm with you, Keith. I, that's what I thought. That's exactly what I thought, uh, and it uh, didn't happen. But certainly, uh, I wonder what Vegas picked at the beginning of the year. I'm sure Vegas had the Patriots. Last week, they probably certainly had the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Uh, but um, it'd be interesting to know it at the start of the season. and um, But it's certainly, uh, I think for some people out there, uh, it was good to see teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars go deep into the playoff pitch. It's always good for football when there's somebody, and I think that's why even though a lot of people believe the Patriots are going to win, the fact that the Eagles have never won a Super Bowl, some people would like to see the Eagles win a Super Bowl, because there's some people out there that just don't want to see the Patriots win another Super Bowl. Because if I'm not mistaken, Willie, and I know you know this answer, they would then become at the top by themselves with the most Super Bowl championship rings uh, um, eclipsing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Am I right about that? Actually, no, they would tie. They would have, that would be six for them. Oh, that would, so that would tie the, the Steelers. That would. Yes, that would tie the Steelers. Wow. Okay. All right. I, I actually thought that that would eclipse them, but so. Uh, but uh, for me, there's a, there's a little tug on my heart. I always, you know, when the Patriots have something, I always feel a little connection there because, as I mentioned earlier, Josh McDaniels was a quarterback at my high school back at uh, Camp McKinley High School, and so Josh is going to have his seat in in the Hall of Fame uh, as a um, assistant coach, um, quarterback coach to Tom Brady. Um, I, I think he's probably the offensive coordinator too, 
Um, but uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, Josh might have all six of those. He might have all six, well five of those rings. I'm not gonna give them a six one. <laughs> I'm gonna get an appearance. He got championship received, but when you win the Super Bowl, you don't get championship rings. You get Super Bowl championship rings. You don't get division championship rings. So uh, hopefully they, uh, you know, come up a little short this time. I hate to to, to root against my homeboy, but I, but I got to do it. So. Um, so uh, let me just say this, uh, Willie, looking at the game, though, there's one thing I think uh, when I, I certainly thought that the Philadelphia Eagles won the game earlier. And I wanted to get this in early in when they, with the interception to me was the turning point for the entire game for the Philadelphia Eagles early on. That 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 interception return just seemed to just like put a, uh, you know, stab the Vikings in the heart, man. It took everything out of them. What did you think about when that interception return happened? It, and the game from that point on. I agree. I think that, you know, early on was the turning point. Uh, Chris Long actually hit Case Keenum's arm and uh, caused it to come out a little shaky. And that's what allowed the uh, uh, the DB Robinson to uh, to pick it off and take it to the house. But Chris Long, I think, was a key. I mean, he was with the Patriots last year and won the Super Bowl. So, you know, not now with him being in Philadelphia, you know, I mean, you tell me as a former player, is that – uh, much to do about nothing. How much information can he provide about Brady, about Belichick, about that system? Or is that a, a, a true advantage for Philadelphia to have him there who, while he was just in, in New England last year? Well, I, I can certainly say this. Uh, one thing that uh, that does happen when players go to other teams, there is motivation regardless of the reason that they're there. They are playing against the other team that they used to play for. For some reason or another, there was a departure what would the cause? I don't know. But it's like, you know, when you're at war, use all your weapons. So any information he has, he's going to share. You know, it's just like uh, being on the field. You know, you, you know, when you're there, when you see something, you holler out. You let everybody know about it. I mean, why would he not want to, to share any information he has? It's the same defensive coordinator that's over there that he played, it, you know, played with for years. You know, um, so I, I would assume that, yeah, that any information that he has, in terms of the knowledge of the de how the defensive schemes are going to work, that he's going to share with his with his uh, with his, with the team with the staff, and they're going to use it. You know that that just comes that, that just comes with the territory. Unlike, you know, where things are patent protected. You know, it's not like that in the NFL and in the NBA and everything else. You know, you 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 know when you do what you do. You know, even stealing baseball signals. They, you know, guys do it all the time. So whatever, whatever information he has that he could share with them. Now, to me, it's going to be about effort and execution. That's the bottom line. Whatever the play. There's many times when you line up, with the exception of you, the um, Seattle Seahawks, that people know what your play is going to be, you know. Um, so when they line up, a lot of times, even though they may try to disguise the defense, he, he knows what they're going to do. He knows what checks they're going to make, what the audible is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. He may not know about a lot about the offense and Tom Brady, but he knows a lot about the defense. So I, I would assume that, uh, yes, uh, he has a chance to share that information. And it, it could have an impact. But the bottom line is, it's like when, you know, back in the day, man, if Earl Campbell running the ball, you, you know it's third and short. You're going to give the ball to Earl Campbell. They don't care who knows. Earl just going to take that ball and run over you or around you or past you, whatever he got to do, he's going to make it happen. And the Patriots, right. have, Patriots have that kind of confidence, you know, confidence in Tom Brady. They know that. Okay, we can put the ball in Tom's hands. We don't care who knows. Tom's going to pass it. And and we got the receivers. And, and Gronk could be in the game. And Gronk's in the game. You know they're going to throw the ball to Gronk. 
You know, uh, I, although I, I'm not sure. Listen, I will say this for the sake of safety for players. I think Gronk had symptoms of a concussion and I don't think he should be playing. I really do not think he should be playing. You know, it's his safety is more important than a Super Bowl championship. That man's health is more important than a Super Bowl championship. Now, I'm speaking from, you know, somebody who's concerned about players, somebody who's experienced that themselves. But I can tell you what, there's some fans out there. They don't give a damn about him having a concussion. They want him to play so they could win another Super Bowl ring. Keith, what do you think about uh, Gronk playing uh, if indeed they say he has a concussion? We've got about two minutes in um, and wrap it up. All right. I think the, well, the, the two weeks is going to be helpful for Grump to, to get over the concussion. Hopefully he does get over it. Um, my thoughts are this. Um, after this game, um, he should call it quits. He's had a great career. There's no, nothing positive after this. He's taken some really big hits. You're watching him break down. Um, play one more game and go home. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you, Keith. Uh, you, you, there is nothing else. There's money, but other than that, there is nothing else for him to play for, and money is a lot. Don't get me wrong. We we work so that we can earn a living to take care of our families, but I think he's earned enough. Bronk is, Gronk is a big man who's taken a lot of big shots. I think he's taken enough. I think he's, you know, he's been dazed quite a few times. He's had some concussion symptoms on a number of occasions, and uh, I, I agree with you. And, and it's okay to walk away from the game on top of the game. I, I think there's a lot of dignity in doing it that way, and I think that would be great. He's got a lot of personality. He's got a lot of opportunities to do a lot of other things out there in the world besides play football, and I'm sure he can. The, the man's got personality. People love him when he's on TV. He's very entertaining. Um, you know, when he's out in public doing things, uh, he seems to get crowds excited, uh, but the man is beyond football. He can do something besides play ball. So I, I agree with you, Keith, and I'm, I'm glad to hear you say something like that. So, um, Absolutely. So, so I, I tell you what, guys, what we're going to do, we're going to have to wrap this up. We're going to take this break. This is the Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like a man. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back. Hold on there, Willie. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, my Philadelphia Eagles, the team that drafted me with the very last draft pick that they had in the 1981 draft. I was the 27th pick of the draft. I think I was, uh, um, I forget what the number was, but I was the 27th pick of the draft. I was the next to the last player drafted. Uh, I was almost Mr. Irrelevant, uh, but I was not. Uh, but again, it was a dream come true to me. Uh, we went to the playoffs that year, lost to the Giants. In fact, the year I was with the Eagles, it was a year after they went to the Super Bowl. They had just lost the Super Bowl to the Raiders, and that's why I was the next to the last pick in the draft. But I turned that around. I made it feel like I was a uh, first-round draft pick. Shoot, I got drafted. I was happy. So uh, I tell you what, there's a lot of other things that uh, make me happy, and uh, one of them is when I get to celebrate uh, somebody who's gone on to heaven, one of my friends, a uh, great Eagles fan, uh, passed away, and he's gone on to heaven, so he's no longer suffering in pain. And that's Wayne Benton, so Great Eagles fans going to be watching the game, and uh, I'm happy he's no longer in pain. Uh, but uh, one thing about when we go to the Super Bowl, uh, for the last 10 years, I've been there uh, as a part of uh, a career fair that is um, something that is done, promote, produced by my dear friend Guy Troop. I've uh, been a true blessing to current and former NFL players and, and collegiate athletes as well. Uh, he has an event called the Player Networking Event, and there are it's an opportunity for um, corporations that are interested in working uh, with athletes, uh, looking for athletes that perhaps maybe could become employees, uh, internship opportunities, uh, do collaborations, and players who have their own businesses too to come and uh, build partnerships to network with one another. Uh, businesses do business with other businesses. Uh, it's an outstanding opportunity in case you're one of those companies out there that are looking for uh, some talented men uh, that could transition uh, from football into corporate America. Uh, one of those companies that are looking forward to experiencing the player networking even for the first time is Dream Sleep. And uh, today I have with me an executive from Dream Sleep, and that is uh, Brett Brocky. Hey, Brett, how you doing? I'm doing great, Ray. Thanks for having me. Good. Uh, thanks for uh, for joining me. Uh, first of all, I'll tell you what, um, I'm excited the fact that you're going to be joining us for the first time, and hopefully this will be a, a, a long-term experience for you. Uh, Brett, you, you've heard about the Player Networking event. Uh, tell me if you could about uh, a little bit about your product and, and what you hope to, uh, some of the things you hope to accomplish while you're, while you're there. But first of all, let's talk about your product. Sure. Our, um, our product, and, and again, I'll say thank you, and I'm looking forward to the p and &E event as well, Ray. Our product is more so of a process, and being uh, screened and tested for the number one public health epidemic in the country right now is left up to um, either the medical provider or the dental provider to actually assist you. And that being said, there's very few that are trained um, extensively on the processes and procedures and protocols, and what Dream Sleep is, it is the certifying process uh, for those providers that truly want to take this uh, very seriously uh, and not just kind of try to push an easy button for everybody to walk them out the door with maybe a medicine or just a mask or, you know, uh, just a quick fix. There really is no quick fix. It's a managed process. It can be easier. Uh, and Dream Sleep makes it easy for the providers and for the public uh, to find help. And that's essentially what we are are doing. We're out there uh, fighting an epidemic, and uh, we believe that the P&E event 
as well as the NFL, uh, from all aspects, uh, the Pro Football Retired Players Association, the, the various uh, areas that football, uh, specifically you guys, the legends, can have a tremendous impact on the planet is, um, you know, your brand and your words after seeing something like this um, help your fellow uh, players. It can trickle down into the public and, for, you know, from collegiate, high school, not just athletes. It can, it can help just the common man uh, from any walk of life. So Dream Sleep aims to bring awareness uh, for screening and testing and treatment uh, to those people. And, of course, help the providers do it the right way. Um, that's, that's really the nuts and bolts of what we do. And, Brett, if I'm not mistaken, and you may have said it, it just uh, went uh, right past me there, but uh, uh, the concern is uh, sleep apnea. Am I correct? It's, it's but one of, of many, Ray. Um, you know, when we look at um, uh, what's called the comorbidities, these other existential uh, symptoms or diseases that get created from a sleep-related breathing disorder, uh, sleep apnea is one, obstructive sleep apnea, um, COPD. There's various uh, ways that you lose oxygen. And once that happens, the human brain basically puts into play executive function impairment. So it, it limits your body in so many different capacities. It creates diabetes, hypertension, high blood pressure, Alzheimer's, ADHD, obesity, depression, all of those things, if you start looking at the statistics, they actually all point back to very poor sleep. And it's, it's part of the overall picture for, uh, you know, for, for anybody to have good health is sleep, diet, and exercise. Obviously, we hear a lot about the other two. A lot of people kind of brush off sleep. And um, it's, it's actually, to me, it's one of the most important things that a lot of us don't even know subconsciously. We may not be getting quality sleep. So. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because I would have never known that, uh, that um, you know, sleep. So, in other words, uh, and I don't want to say it the wrong way, but my interpretation sure. is that uh, if, if you're not eating right, if, if, if you're not, um, um, you know, sleeping right um, in, in your diet, uh, but, but, but the sleep and the exercise and the diet, all that is something that in this process of certification, all those issues are addressed as well? Absolutely. I mean, it's a full health and wellness screening um, and testing process that, that is so complex that not everybody can just pick it up and run. And that's, that's what's essentially been happening, Ray, is a lot of providers in our country are misled in the sense of, oh, all you got to do is go to that lab, go get that test, put that thing in your mouth, wear that mask. It's not that simple. It's, it's splinters. It's complex, and as a patient, somebody who got diagnosed myself four years ago, and I have a heart condition because of that, I take it very seriously. And I, I look at it and I go, what went wrong in my treatment? Why did it take me four months? Why was I, why was I kind of shuffled around all these different providers? How could that be better? What did I know about the industry? And a ton of market research started to happen for me, and I found that the, there's various pitfalls awaiting the patient and the provider and so what we aimed to do when we started Dream Sleep was to eliminate those pitfalls, smooth the road out to, uh, to a better pathway to get, get treatment and uh, treat more patients and obviously help knock a dent in the epidemic. And so, uh, Brett, how might this certified um, individual be identified in the medical field? How, how, what that, what the one, somebody who's being certified, what is the classification that they have? Ah, well, those are extensive, Ray. Um, they're going to go through, obviously, a credentialing process that we have through our academies. 
Um, they're going to um, adhere to all of the um, aspects of proper uh, dental sleep medicine protocols. Um, and to find those providers, obviously, um, under uh, dreamsleep.rest, uh, www.dreamsleep.rest is where you can find one of those providers, obviously. And then to become a provider, um, you can go to www.n3, N is in Nancy, the number three in the word sleep, N3 sleep, which is the repair stage of sleep, n3sleep.com. And that's where you'll find our team. That's where you'll find your, your colleagues, your former uh, uh, NFL legends that are joining us in this fight that are out there as a public service announcement. Um, and they're really trying to make an effort as well. They, they truly believe in it. Obviously, you mentioned, uh, you know, uh, knowing somebody with this. I mean, Reggie White uh, was very synonymous with this. Everybody knew Reggie, uh, knew who that was, what happened. His wife is on our team. Um, Mel Blunt, uh, Wally Williams, Anthony Griggs, and, and many others um, that are joining us in this cause. And at the PE event, we want to find even more. We want to have that opportunity to speak with more players there to uh, help expound their opportunity as, as either a full-time role uh, with us working or they may want to continue to just do some PSAs out there. And we've got opportunities for both, and we're really excited about the player networking event. We feel it's very unique, very special what, uh, what's been created between Guy and you guys uh, all working together as a team. I'm very excited about that. Well, we certainly appreciate the fact that uh, you, you've decided to join. Uh, there are many, many players. Everybody who comes into the league is going to exit out of the league, and at some point in time uh, they have to start preparation for a career afterwards, and certainly you're providing uh, an opportunity. Now, there was just one other thing I wanted to clarify. So in terms of a certified person, when I look at that person, will that person be a dentist? Will that person be uh, a doctor? What will a, a certified person um uh, what 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 classification will they have so that I know when I'm sitting in the office with this person that this is who I should try to go to to diagnose me properly? Yeah. Sure. It's going to be both, um, Ray, because neither side can totally dial in your health without the other. Okay. So it's a combined concierge healthcare effort that nobody else out there is offering. You would think our our own medical insurances would, would teach dentists and physicians to work together, but it, it, it does the contrary. It separates them and it isolates them. So this person's credentialing is, is going to be extensive. There's, um, I mean, the ACSDD is where we start as far as the dental level. Um, the physician has to have the willingness to look at mild and moderate apneic events as treatable by a dentist. They work in concert with the dentist in that nature. They don't just automatically send you uh, to a CPAP. Um, certain sleep labs uh, do believe in obviously treating the mild and moderate uh, with oral appliance therapy first uh, by a credential provider. Again, knowing that this is in its infancy stages as a, as a country and understanding that nobody else is out there, we're on the brink of the horizon of treatment, if you will. Um, nobody's even done this for years. It's just been your choice has been, oh, go here and see this guy, go there and see that guy. Under the Dream Sleep Certified Provider uh, status, you've got uh, the ACSDD, you've got uh, nuclear cardiologists, cardiologists, boarded sleep physicians um, in concert working with each other. If you could imagine somebody, remember back when you got drafted, you went in and you saw the med, the, the medical uh, physician probably either for the Eagles or whichever team, right? That's exactly right. And, and, and when they did that, they, they gave you kind of a full makeup, a, a workup, if you will, like 
okay, Ray, let's get your full makeup here. Let's, let's make some customized vitamins for you. Let's test your blood, test your breathing, test your running, uh, your, your muscles, everything. It's almost like a, an in-depth look, right? Well, that can happen within our providers, um, and that's, that's the treatment that I think every human deserves. And it doesn't happen normally because we're normally in a take-a-number system, right? And we're just running through an automated process. Does that sound familiar? Well, Brett, I'll tell you what, man. I'm, I'm excited about the fact that you're going to be here uh, yes. in Minnesota. I'm not there yet, but I will be there. Uh, I want to thank you for calling in. Uh, I have my friend Willie Gibson on. Willie is a person that suffers from sleep apnea, but he will be there in Minnesota with us, so you'll get a chance to take a look at him. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you there. Um, this is the end of the show, guys, so uh, go Eagles. And uh, I'm Ray Ellis. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.